Welcome to the Dr. Dad's Podcast, where a naturopath and chiropractor come together each week to share lifestyle medicine, health advice, and inspiring interviews with some of the top experts in health and wellness, bringing you the latest in nutrition, exercise, ancient healing, toxins and detox, your microbiome, mindset, hormones, brain, and much more. Stay tuned. We're going to teach you how to experience growth daily. Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of the Dr. Dad's Podcast. I'm here with my main man, Dr. David Wardy. How are you today, buddy? Fantastic, brother. How have you been? Good. Uh, I've been very interested lately uh, just how important it is to get more out of our vitality and our body. And, and uh, you know, we, we happen to be speaking to an expert in uh, micro, uh, the, the world of the nanoparticles. But also just with the reference of recovery, we've talked a lot about, you know, some things that we can do in the, the world of being more resilient. We had our sleep podcast. We talked about recovery medicine often. Um, and dude, I had a crazy leg workout on Friday that kicked my ass and you you recommended some recovery pumps and some things. But um, I keep thinking that, you know, there's more I need to be doing on a regular basis to actually really expedite the recovery because why am I... So stuck in that lactic acid overload. So I'm hoping that through our dialogue today, we're going to get unravel some of that too. But any any comments on uh, on where you're at today, buddy? First, I'm keen to hear that too because I had a I had a glue had a it's it's the side um, uh, squat right uh, body uh-huh. weight squat and yeah. and it killed my glutes were killed me. I, that was a Friday morning training that wasn't gone by my jog on tuesday yeah (laughs) i'm feeling the pain yeah we've all had those right like i've definitely had those certain workouts where you have that delayed onset soreness and you're like why am i on day four and i'm still struggling right um but yeah i mean who doesn't want to figure out how to recover faster get that repair and then like we're talking just this vitality longevity aspect right like these are things we can implement into our lifestyle that honestly make big changes you know like i've touched on the light bed that's been a game changer for me for that delayed onset soreness Mm -hmm. when i'm regularly hitting up the red light therapy on the light stem i'm honestly man like i used to take about two days and now like you literally i'll feel half of that the next day and then the day two i feel nothing yes and a a big part of it is actually being proactive and just building into your routine and and not just you know going to first aid Right. Head of the game, get ahead yeah. of the game. I'm, I'm, that's, I'm glad you said that because that's honestly the difference. It's yeah. just more of like I'm doing things regularly yeah. and that's that's where I get it versus like you're saying the first aid kit after, oh, after the fact. <laughs> well, well, the reason I want to lead in with that conversation because we're talking to an amazing gentleman who you just heard from uh, those, those medial glutes probably they were all flared up from his lunges. <laughs> uh, his name is Chris Burrs. Is it Burrs or Burress? Burrus. Burris. Okay. Yep. Chris Burris. So this guy's a comedian, improv uh, expert. He's a mad scientist. He's, he's a father of twins. Um, we had a great conversation just about some of the things he's doing for his own kids. He may or may not get into some of those conversations. Um, but so he's the owner of a company. It's called My Vital C and is diving into the research that was uh, illuminated from the, the Buckmeister Fuller uh, buckyballs, these carbon 60 molecules which i'm going to get him to dive into much more uh, detail but it's basically through this research he's brought a product to market to really highlight what a true antioxidant could be in our lives and what that has to do with longevity and how we can be really proactive with our health and not just you know like we mentioned the whole first aid strategy we want to be able to implement things in our life they're going to have a huge impact so we can stop things before they start and uh, so I think it's a really int- super interesting field that you're in, Chris. And so, you know, welcome to the podcast. Nick and David, thank you so much for having me. And, uh, and I'm, I need like bullet points. So one, stay ahead of the workout, right? So keep doing things regularly. Um, and then, yeah, uh, anything else that you can advise, I'll, I'll take because that was, you know, a painful four days. <laughs> no, absolutely. But I, I'm, so yeah, my day was Friday. And, uh, and like, we're a Tuesday and I'm just like the, the first day I was, I don't, I've never been so immobile. It hurt to walk. And I was like almost on my tippy toes. Cause my calves are so contracted anyways, it was, it was a gnarly business. And so if we could be, be more proactive, let's do that. But let's talk about the ESS 60 molecule. First of all, what does that stand for? Why did you build the company? Why did you, 
uh, put so much attention on this uh, Buckmeister. I don't know if I'm saying that right, but the, the carbon 60 molecule. Let's let's dive into uh, to what brought you here. Yeah, so it, it's Buckminster Fuller, uh, and and a, there's a whole gamut of molecules called Buck uh, called fullerenes, and they're right. named after Buck Bucky Fuller, um, and. Uh, the, really, the molecule was discovered in 1985. So I'm going to uh, hold up. I don't know how many, if any video goes out, but if you imagine a soccer ball mm -hmm. where the lines on the soccer ball represent the bonds between the carbon atoms, then you have a spherical molecule of 60 carbon atoms. And that molecule was actually discovered in 1985 at Rice University. Uh, and the guys who discovered it, the three professors who discovered it went on to win the Nobel Prize in 1996. So a short 11 years from discovery to actually award of the Nobel Prize. They were awarded the Nobel Prize because this molecule is pretty amazing. This soccer ball shaped molecule uh, is harder than a diamond. It'll actually turn into a diamond. It's got six fold symmetry. So there's six planes through this soccer ball that it's perfectly symmetrical, which gives it incredible resilience. You can actually fire this buckyball uh, at a plate of steel at 15,000 miles an hour, where most molecules will just shred apart. This one will just, you have this picture of it bouncing right back because of its integrity. Um, it also has the ability to hold eight electrons on it, on its on the exterior of that soccer ball. And, and that'll, that'll be important here in a little bit as we talk about, um, you know, some, some of the, the best and current ap applications. Uh, when it was discovered in 85, and really they started making nano uh, macroscopic quantities, so quantities that you could actually hold in your hand, um, that really started at about 1991. That's when I started the first company with my business partner, Robert, manufacturing carbon nanomaterials. The material really performs as well or better than the current best material in almost every application. So better inks, better tires, better batteries, better photocells. And for that reason, they thought we would be working with it on, on a much grander scale by now. Uh, one of the challenges is it's extremely expensive to make. In fact, you have to vaporize graphite in a reactor and graphite turns out to be one of the hardest materials on the planet to vaporize. You actually need local temperatures of the sun. So you take two graphite rods, you put them together with local temperatures of the sun, you're vaporizing that graphite. Wow. So it's incredibly expensive. Um, and, and again, because they thought we would be working with it, they did what's called a, a toxicity study. You want to know if a material is toxic. And actually, for various reasons, the shapes on the exterior of that soccer ball, they thought it might be toxic. So they did this toxicity study. In that study, they gave rats water, rats olive oil, and then rats olive oil. And we call it ESS-60. And you asked what that stands for. It stands for elemental safe spheres and then 60 atoms that are that are in it and that's the 60 carbon atoms so the instead of being tax toxic the rats that they gave the olive oil with the ess 60 molecule which is really the my vital c formula lived 90 percent longer than the control group so this is the single Amazing. longest yeah it's crazy it's the single longest longevity experimental result ever um, and the next best way, you guys probably even know this, the next best way to live longer is calorie restriction. And uh, I call it the starve yourself one third to death diet. <laughs> Maybe it needs a little PR spin. Nobody's signing up for that. But, but it's well known that if you reduce your calorie consumption by 30% in multiple animal models, it's been shown that you can extend your life by 30%. And that's that's 30% with you know the starve yourself one third to death diet. The results in in this we call it the Bati study. That's the professor. Uh, we also call it the Paris study. It was out of the University of Paris. Uh, is peer reviewed published research, and these Wistar rats lived 90% longer, and they also died without tumors. I think it's a really important part of the study. So a typical Wistar rat will live out 32 months. Uh, and they'll have a known amount of tumors. So uh, the longer they live, the more tumor mass they have in their bodies. Even though the My Vital C rats lived out to 62 months, none of them died with any tumors. And so that's a pretty, pretty phenomenal result. And, and so didn't, from they, our, didn't they have to like kill the rats to end the study or something? Yes. The, yeah. the last. So let's start. Well, <laughs> before we get into cruelty, let's go to let's give them a little <laughs> bit of accurate accolades because you're exactly right. Um I like to give them credit because if there's ever anything true ever, it is when the control group, those rats given water, when all of them are dead and all of the quote unquote toxic group 
are still alive, <laughs> it's not toxic. Like your study is officially done when all of the control rats, again, the ones given water are dead and the ones given the ESS-60 molecule are still alive. They, they continue to do the animal husbandry necessary uh, for another two and a half years. And, and you're right. They were down, down to two rats. One of them passed. They're like, this study was supposed to be done really more like three years ago. Um, so they, they euthanized the last rat and, and, and did all the biopsies that they need to get, get their paper published. But yeah, they, wow. the, the last rat was still alive when, uh, when the second to last rat passed. Is, is there something unique with these rats, why they all develop cancer in the control group? Yeah, there, I, I think there's a, a type of rat called a P52 knockout rat, a little geeky there, um, but they are prone to tumors. So mm. that's one of the, uh, of the artifact that's going on here, right, is, is that, and, and, and I think you got to be real careful. Sometimes I tell that tumor piece of the story and, and people are like, oh, it's a cure for cancer. And the answer to that is no, <laughs> no, <laughs> um, for, for good reason. It, it turns out that there's a huge difference between curing cancer, right? Like treating a cancer that's metastasized versus being a tumor suppressant, right? Or uh, a tumor inhibitor. We know things as, as simple as good diet, good exercise, good sleep are actually tumor suppressors and cancer suppressors. Uh, so it really has the potential to throw it. And I'm going to say this very specific. It has the potential to throw it into that, that grouping, which is, is a, is a tumor preventative. Um, and I'm still saying potential. Like I, I like to cover uh, the FDA has not evaluated our product. It is not intended to treat, diagnose, cure, or prevent any disease. And so just know that as we continue to talk. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, it is fascinating though, that like there wasn't a single, I, from what I understand, there wasn't a symbol, single rat with tumor growth in the study using that molecule. So, yeah. you know, if, if we look at, you know, some, some of Dr. Seyfried's work and uh, the metabolic approach to cancer and some of these kind of things, we, we understand that there's a massive breakdown in mitochondrial function, which is where a lot of this C60 activity is happening. So um, do you want to dive into some of the, like, where it's going once you ingest in the body and, and how, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And, and you're, you're, you're kind of taking a step, a, a leapfrog ahead of like, well, Hey, how, how is this working and how is this having positive impacts in the body? And kind of the, the, the baseline is a lot of people will ask, Hey, these rats live 90% longer. Why? Right. Like, why do they live longer? Let's like, at least throw out some theories. And, and, and I start it with scientists much smarter than me will actually figure out the exact why. Right. Um, the current thought process about aging in the medical community is that, and this is the most typical thought, is that it's an oxidation and an inflammation issue, right? So we're oxidizing, we're inflamed, and that's causing aging. So it's not surprising that our product kind of ticks two of those box boxes. So one of them is it is an antioxidant. There's peer-reviewed published research that shows it to be 125 times more powerful than vitamin C. There's an ad hoc study that we found on the internet said 172 times more powerful than vitamin C. And, and it's important to note that it doesn't work the same way as a lot of antioxidants in, in that sense. Remember, we mentioned that that soccer ball molecule can hold six electrons. Well, it can hold six reactive oxygen species because they're negatively charged. And so it's holding them. It's not actually uh, chemically reacting with them. And, and that's a little bit different. So there's some theories maybe we'll get into in, in a little bit. But yes, it's a great antioxidant. And which, when which it would be the, to your point, like that would be the case for something like glutathione or vitamin C is that they're, they're changing the, the structure and where yep, this yep. one's actually like a capture mechanism for that. Yeah. Reactive oxygen species. Yeah. And, and I want to be clear. It's not, you know, because the first thing people think is, oh, it's captured inside the soccer ball. It's actually not easy to get anything inside of it. Um, mm -hmm. There is actually a little, little sidebar here. Um, you know, you're about to get a Nobel Prize when you add a symbol to chemistry, right? So those three professors, when they discovered this buckyball, uh, added a symbol to chemistry. The at symbol, which we're familiar with in our email addresses, uh, is now in chemistry. And it turns out that the soccer ball molecule, this buckyball, is big enough for any atom on the periodic chart to fit inside of it. So lanthanum at C60 okay. actually means lanthanum physically trapped inside of the soccer ball molecule. It's not 
bonded ionically or covalently to the exterior, it's physically trapped. And that leads to a whole, there's all sorts of things talking about. Those are called endohedrofullerenes. Uh, and there's all sorts of, you know, potential applications. Like it turns out uh, that, that, the chemistry that the biology chemistry that we know related to biology. So like attaching proteins that attach to other proteins in the body, all of that chemistry works on the exterior of this buckyball. So thought process is uh, capture uh, radioactive atoms on the interior of the buckyball, do chemistry so that it attaches to cancer cell and now deliver uh, a radioactive payload to a cancer cell, specifically to a cancer cell. Now, mm-hmm. that's still a theory that's on the table. It's expensive to make any kind of endohedral fullerene, um, let alone something that's radioactive. So that's that's a, a, another piece. So so that's the the at symbol. You know that you're you're getting that. So I want to just be clear that that it's not getting trapped inside of the cage. It is actually getting um, attached to the exterior of the cage. Yeah. Well, you know what's interesting is that you know with all the knowledge that we've acquired on not we, like science is acquired on antioxidants. There really isn't categorically, you know, vitamin C will extend your life by 90% or like, yeah, <laughs> there, there really isn't a whole lot of research that antioxidants are, are delivering a, a massive change to longevity. Yeah. Well, I, I think there's even some debate and this with the beauty of science is, is having debate um, about, Hey, maybe too much antioxidants is detrimental. Right. Yeah. And I'm, I, I've, I've read an article or two on those. I don't even remember what, what the argument is for like, Hey, having too much antioxidants in your body is a problem. Um, but that's certainly on the table in terms of needs to be researched more. And then to have this particular, uh, m- molecule react differently with the reactive oxygen species, right? So to just attach them and then move them throughout the body. I mean, it can actually get into the mitochondria. Like this is one of like really the start of your question was like, Hey, we know a lot of things are driven by mitochondrial function. If you were to fill a room of mitochondrial experts and ask them, Hey, would it be good to have uh, a reactive oxygen species sponge in the mitochondria while it's going through the process of making ATP, they would kind of universally say, yeah, that's probably a good idea. We know that the, the ESS-60 molecule is small enough and actually does, has been found in and around the mitochondria. So it's, a, it's, a, it's certainly a mechanism that's going to be explored more and, and so that we can understand it. That's awesome. David, go ahead, buddy. No, as I'm, I'm listening to you all talk and I'm thinking like, this is literally like a molecular binder, but like you were saying, the behavior is just very different than most binders that are actually used most of the time. And I just think it's interesting we're having this conversation on antioxidants and oxidation, because like you're saying, there really isn't anything showing that that actually helps with longevity. Like Nick is saying, you know, I think Dr. Cooper at Cooper Clinic did these big studies back in the day on these Olympic athletes who were like dying in their 40s of heart attacks, right? And he came up with this theory that, oh, it's it's oxidation. Athletes have a ton more oxidation than the regular person, average Joe. And, you know, you're going to mitigate that with using high antioxidants and athletes need more antioxidants. But yet here we are in 2022 and nobody's done any research to verify that that's actually happening. Um, and it's interesting. I mean, there's always a zero zero set point with anything in the body from a polarity standpoint. And like, we're talking about two opposite ends, right? We're talking about the oxidation end and then the, the, the other side is supposed to balance this. And I just think it's interesting how we're moving into this whole science piece and we're finding other elements and it's changing the periodic table and what we're able to achieve with these things, but it's advantageous to our bodies. I mean, for sure in rats, and we can talk about that, but I'm, I want you to talk a little bit about how that crosses over from a lab with rats to the human and how this is apl- applicable to us. Yeah. Well, let me kind of wrap up. Um, we talked about oxidation, right? And then the other component of aging is inflammation. Um, we've got to be very careful when we're talking about inflammation because the FDA has decided that inflammation is really is a disease. What we're ab- What the FDA does allow us to say is that our product helps with inflammation, at least related to exercise inflammation, right? So we've all had that workout that we've been sore, but you felt in your joints that you're, uh, that you're inflamed, like you felt that inflammation, uh, our product does help with that. 
Um, when what the FDA won't say allow us to say is, you know, that it relates to any other type of inflammation, whether, you know, so many of the kind of diseases of old age are have an inflammation component. Um, and we're not allowed to talk about that because we need to do more research, which I think is a good thing. What we can say is that our product fits perfectly in with an anti-inflammatory diet, right? Those are the diets associated with the blue zone people, those people who tend to live longer, tend to have reduced incidences of stroke, reduced incidences of heart attack. Uh, and so we certainly fit in there. Uh, so that's one component. Now, now you ask a very interesting thing. When I, when I, I mean, this is, I'll, I'll, hopefully I can get back to that because sometimes I get, you know, talking and, and, and forget where we're, where, how we got, how I ended up needed to end up back here. Um, we're, we're carbon nanomaterial scientists, like literally until they published this publication, this uh, a quote unquote toxicity study in mid 2012, um, we're, we're happy selling carbon nanomaterials to research institutions around the world. About mid 2013, you know, there's a, there's a group of aggressive biohackers who started calling us and saying, how much in a dose? Well, we're again, carbon nanomaterial scientist hat. I'm like, what, how much a dose? You mean that stuff that makes better ink and batteries and tires and photocells? Like, I'm just going to say approximately zero, like, like you shouldn't put this in your body. Uh, we actually added not for human consumption to our labeling. Now I want to be really clear. The literature was clear that carbon 60 and, and there's literature that shows if carbon 60 is improperly processed, it's actually harmful. But ESS 60, that's that carbon 60 that's been processed properly is not harmful. Like there's nothing in the literature, even still to this day, even with our customer experiences, even with our pet experiences, there's nothing to show that it's harmful today. But we're conservative scientists. And again, when you say batteries and 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 photocells, how much of that material do I put in my body? Again, we added not for human consumption. Right. So you fast forward um, to about 2012, uh, a guy with a big YouTube following started talking about all the benefits he was getting, taking it on a daily basis. And our phone really started ringing off the hook. So we went from about two phone calls of people giving us extraordinary, extraordinary testimonials, even with the label, not for human consumption on it. Uh, in 2012, now our phone's ringing 10 times a day. And my business partner and I are like, what are we going to do? This is obviously an entrepreneurial opportunity. And it seems to be benefiting people significantly. Uh, and we asked ourselves kind of two questions. The most important is that moral question. And am I comfortable selling it? I take it. My wife takes it. Everybody on our team takes it. So yeah, I'm comfortable selling it. And then next is the FTC and the FDA. And you've got to cross a bunch of T's, dot a bunch of I's, and we're doing that. So we're on the right side of, of both of those organizations. When we really decided that we were going to go into this, and, and I was going to start kind of spreading the word of this original study, I had that question, right? It's a rat study and we're moving to humans. Like what percentage of things happens that happen in a rat or don't happen in a rat happen or don't happen in humans? And it turns out that my business partner, we actually share a wall so I can hear his conversations. He can hear my conversations. And I heard that he was talking with, uh, it turned out it was D Dr. Kudebeck with uh, DePaul University. And he is a guy, a professor who takes rat studies into human studies, right? And so I heard enough of the conversation. So I jumped over to, to Robert's office and I'm like, hey, uh, Dr. Kudebeck, I, I've got to ask, like, like, what is this number? Like there, there is a number, but what happens in a rat happens in a human. And, and, and excuse, this is a little bit long, but he gave this story. He gave this example. He said, a lot of scientists who want to prove to you that what happens in a rat doesn't happen in a human will use one particular case study. And that's a case study of a, um, of a morning sickness medication. So they gave this morning sickness medication to pregnant rats noticed no difference in the pregnant rats. And so they started the human trial. And when they went to trial, uh, they noticed some small percentage of, unfortunately, of, of um, deformities and the fetuses. And, and, and Dr. Kudovac said, that's what a lot of professors will hold up or a lot of kind of knowledgeable people about rat and human trials will hold up. And he goes, the problem with that example is it turns out if they had looked at the fetuses of the rats, they would have never taken it to human trial because there was a small percentage of deformities. Now, 
it's a long story, but this is the story I got from a guy who actually takes rat studies to human studies. So I, I would submit that what happens in a rat, I mean, there's a reason we always do a rat study before a human study. And it's not because they're not applicable, right? It's because there is actually some applicability. And I like to just kind of throw out, you know, our, our um, genetic intuition is a very flawed thing. We are genetically closer to rats than rats are to mice. So again, our intuition is, is, not, a, is not a great thing when it comes to, to genetics and what genetic implications might, might be there. Well, that's fascinating. I mean, it just, it just goes to show like, you know, from a safety side of things, it's just easier to say that something may not be effective because they're referencing, you know, remember that one study. And so I imagine it halts a lot of, you know, human trials, you know, for, for good reason too, because I mean, there's some really potentially unsafe stuff that's out there that, that you're getting into, into the circulation, which is affecting people in a big, big way. So, yeah. Um, yeah. And, and I think it's, it's, it's interesting to note that a lot of the medications out there um, that have gone through FDA and gotten FDA approval actually have minimal effect, right? And I think you guys have the education that would like say, okay, yeah, it's like statistically, it's a 3% improvement or a 5% improvement, which is worth doing, right? Like, to, depending on what the disease case you're working with. But it's, it's not this massive, you know, I think in our brains, we think of, at least I do, uh, about like antibiotics, like what a, what a savior antibiotics have been to us. Um, and, and, and so that's, but that's not the result. It's not like I, I, you know, 10 days later, I'm cured of something. That's what an antibiotic tends to do um, with these other medications that are on the market. And, and frankly, making billions of dollars, the, the, the needle's not moving that much and it, you got to keep taking it, right? It's a, yeah. it's a different scenario. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that, I mean, that's a that's a tangent and an interesting one for sure. But I mean, you know, things like statin drugs to, to some to antidepressants to some of these other things, like there's a number needed to treat or there's a relative risk reduction or whatever it may be, which is just a fraction of, of the, the amount of people that are actually going to gain benefit. So, um, you know, unfortunately, there's so much um, not distortion, but just there's not a lot of clarity around like how many people will actually, you know, benefit when you're looking at these large population studies. So, and, um, and to what degree and, and yeah. that for me, that brings up, and I don't know, you guys maybe have did touch on this on your sleep podcast. Um, did you, have you guys read the book, why we sleep by Dr. Matthew Walker? Uh, no, I haven't. That's on my, that's on my list though. It is yeah. an absolutely phenomenal book. I call it the Freddy Krueger of sleep books because it will scare you to sleep <laughs> because it's 25 years of, uh, and, and it's a very prestigious university. I don't remember which one it is off the top of my head of, of sleep research and exactly what a lack of sleep. And you guys touched on in REM and REM sleep. When you lack those sleeps, when you sleep, those types of sleep, when you're not getting them, uh, the detrimental effect has it has on our mental uh, and actual physical ability. You guys, you guys may know this. He pointed it out in the book every year, and hopefully that's going to stop soon. But every year we do this horrible sleep experiment called daylight savings time, and yeah. when we gain an hour, heart attacks go down by like twenty seven percent. And when we lose that hour, heart attacks go up by 23%. I don't know exactly why it's different numbers, but, um, but I mean, sleep affects us physically. I mean, we all feel it, but we don't realize that, that how detrimental that is. In his book, he talks about the $2 billion sleep aid industry. And this is a thing I don't, I don't know if you guys touched on uh, and how detrimental these prescription sleep drugs are, right? So there's a, there's a chemical in our body that builds up throughout the day called adenosine. And that's the, the drug that causes us or the chemical and drug, if you would, um, that causes us to desire sleep. So this sleep aid, right? This prescription sleep aid knocks us out and releases the chemical pressure of adenosine. So we wake up without the desire for sleep. Well, that's very refreshing, right? To not feel the need that you need to go to sleep. The problem is, is that it blocks your REM and your NREM sleep. So yes, you wake up without the desire for sleep, but you haven't gotten the healing uh, and restorative sleep in REM and REM sleep that you need. And, and I find that, that very fascinating because it is really very much different from our product. What our customers report is they take it in the morning, they report mental focus and energy during the day, and then better sleep that at night. And I'm not aware of anything on the market that you take in the morning 
that will help your sleep. And you guys might know of something you covered a a number of supplements that I haven't really spent much time with. Um, but, but it's, I'm aware of two things you can do in the morning, right? You can exercise in the morning. That'll help you sleep. And you can get exposure to the sun in the morning, right? That'll get your circadian rhythm in line with the rising and falling of the sun. And that'll help you sleep in the evening. Um, but I'm not aware of anything that you can consume in the morning to help sleep at that evening. Yeah. I mean, you're leading into such a really important conversation. And, and so let's, let's hear some of the other things that people notice. And again, we're not making claims, uh, yeah. but let, I mean, you had some amazing testimonials around the sleep too, that, that uh, brought, you know, uh, tears to a, to a lady's eyes when she described it, which is, I mean, getting adequate sleep or, or coming back to normal sleep when it's been just, out of your life for, for an incredible amount of time. I mean, yeah, maybe share that. And then let's yeah. get into some of the, uh, the other, the, the other applications that, that you've seen your, uh, the people, uh, use. Yeah. So I'll, I'll share that kind of tear, uh, tearful, uh, testimonial, and then I'll just share my embarrassing sleep testimonial. Um, so, so this one, it, it's really interesting. So we, we, we reach out to people, influencers, um, you know, we share the product with them and get their uh, authentic testimonials. And, and this particular one, uh, the lady was moved to tears, by the way, I'll, I only share testimonials where we can document back to the original person. Um, so if I can have a, I only share anything that I have a conversation. So if my business partner was like, Hey, I had this amazing conversation and you know, it gave them wings or whatever. Um, I'm not going to share that one, uh, because I like to have that conversation and that traceability. Also, we are all in of, in of one, and this is, I'm not saying that this is what's going to happen for you. I'm just sharing uh, what has happened for some of our customers. Uh, in her case, uh, she was moved to tears twice in her testimonial. The first one was uh, she, uh, she had suffered se- severe sleep problems and, and, and had gone to lots of, tried to find solutions in lots of different places. And, and finally, she was getting sleep with our product. And in tears, she's saying, finally, my significant other is getting to kind of relearn me again. Um, and I think we can, we can all have some empathy uh, in that situation. And then, then later in that same video, just she was just you know, thanking my vital C for making the product and, and again, moved almost to tears. So that, that's, it's, pr- it's pretty powerful. It makes, you know, it makes uh, what I do daily uh, really a joy. And, and so I'm very lucky in that way. Uh, my embarrassing story is, I have to embarrassingly admit that I used to take two naps before noon on Saturdays and Sundays. And the way this would work, I have, I have twins, as you mentioned, uh, I would wake up, I would go down to the couch, my twins would actually sit physically on me and watch cartoons, and I would take my first nap. Then we'd go downstairs, have breakfast, we'd resume the position, and I would take the second nap before noon. Um, when I started taking my Vital C on a regular basis, it was really at the beginning of 2018, uh, I barely take naps. And I, I love naps. My mom is always a napper. She loves naps. I've always loved naps. I just barely take naps anymore. Certainly don't take the two before noon. Uh, and, and, you know, they're 11 now, so there's no sitting on, you know, they're on electronic devices and not watching TVs or I'm trying to get them off of the electronic devices is what, what is usually the story. Um, but, but right when I started taking it in 2018, I was still in that, you know, I'd still, they'd be sitting on me watching cartoons and I just, I wouldn't fall asleep. And at some point you're like, well, it's a cartoon. I don't really want to watch any more of this. So then I would get up and do something. Um, and so that's kind of one of the, a couple of the things that give us a lot of confidence. And, and again, a lot of our testimonials are taking the morning mental focus and energy during the day and then better sleep that night. Man, like what a disappointment to lose your naps, right? Yeah. <laughs> so to say, it's a sweet Saturday, man. You got, you got a nap and then breakfast and you get another nap. And the kids are cuddling with you on the couch and you're watching cartoons. I mean, it doesn't get much better than that, man. I, I feel like you should stop taking my vital C and get back to your two naps before Saturday and before noon on Saturday and Sunday. You know, that's a reasonable argument, actually. I, I agree. It, it's uh, those will be fond memories. <laughs> I'm wondering, like you, there's there's some interesting information on on this being a tool for like reversing the graying and the hairs, like, you know, which is an oxidative process uh, or you maybe even hair thinning and things like that. Again, another chronic oxidative stress. I mean, is there a topical application too, or is this all like like internal? 
So we're actually working, well, there is a topical application. Um, so you can imagine, I, I, I don't think I described and, and maybe didn't uh, hit on it hard enough uh, how hard we tried not to get into the supplement business. I mean, hard enough that we added not for human consumption to our labeling. Um, and, and that was, you know, mid 2013 is when we did that. 2017, when we kind of said, okay, like this is something that we need to bring to market. In the interim, we were constantly kind of doing research, keeping an eye on the literature. And one of the things that I found was a peer-reviewed published study that showed 50% of the supplements that are on the market don't have in them what they say they have in them, right? And it's, it's not as disastrous as like a vitamin C tab doesn't have any vitamin C. It's just like, if it says it's a gram and it's only, you know, 900 milligrams, then that's, you know, that doesn't have in it what it says it has in it. And, and that's a very different industry than our carbon nanomaterial industry, where when we sell, and it's a black powder, that's what, what, what the ESS-60 molecule is, it's a black powder. When we sell this black powder to a, a researcher or, or, or a professor, the first thing they do is give it to a graduate student or, an, or a research assistant, and they take it back to the HPLC and make sure that we delivered to them what we sold them, right? It's a very exacting market arguably one of the hardest markets to deliver to period. And then you contrast that to, you know, the supplement industry where the end user has no idea what they're getting. And, you know, unfortunately, a lot of end users will go onto Amazon to find, a, you know, a good supplement. And I, and I like to ask the question, what does a five-star rating about vitamin C actually mean, right? I mean, for electronics, it means like I like it and it works and the phone rings or, you know, the music plays. Uh, but with a, with a supplement, I kind of joke, it, it just means that Amazon harassed them for a review before they died, right? And that's, that's a little morbid, but it certainly doesn't mean like nobody's got a, a scientific scale at their house. Well, not maybe there's some, you know, select group of people who have a scale at their house. Um, but typically you're not going to have a scale at your house. So you're not even confirming that the vitamin C has one gram in it. Um, you're not taking uh, the vitamin C, grinding it up and sticking an HPLC to consume, to confirm it's ascorbic acid. You're probably not even counting, counting the tablets, right? If, if the bottle's not empty, you're just assuming it's 90 or 120 tabs or whatever. So it really doesn't mean anything. And, and that was a market that I, that, I, that we really, again, tried hard not to get into. I, I think that people, tend to get into the supplement industry two different ways, right? So one of them is they wake up, they decide they're going to be wealthy and they decide they're going to do it with supplements. And I'm not against people being wealthy. It's just not how I ended up here, right? The other is uh, obviously more altru altruistic. Um, they have some sort of health problem of their own or maybe a loved one and they do research and they figure out a solution uh, and now they want to save the world. Uh, hopefully it doesn't surprise you. I'm not against people saving the world. It's just not how I end up here. I've, I've been producing this soccer ball shaped molecule, ESS-60, since 1991. They do this crazy quote unquote toxicity study. And now I'm kind of thrust into the supplement market and, and really trying to to, to be a good steward to this, to this molecule and the research behind it and, you know, the results that people are getting from it. It's awesome. I mean, uh, hearing a story like that really gives a lot of credibility to, to, to you as well, because I, you've been studying it for so long and, and, you, and never, that was never the intention. And, and yet there's this massive need to, you know, to, innovate and to to see new application for and and then at some point you can't ignore a study like that that comes out you know in the supplement world i think of you know one product that i like to use often is nad nicotinamide mm. adenine dinucleotide and uh dr david sinclair obviously that's one of his like favorite you know babies in the in the lifespan you know in his book lifespan yeah. that he, that he shared and uh, you know so in, in the space that we're in and preventing illness or just seeing illness as a way that the body basically can naturally move towards with, with time is there's this chronic oxidative stress that, that eventually leads to deterioration of the mitochondria that then, you know, leads to more of a dis-ease process. So I'm very much interested in making sure that people have longevity, not from the, the number of years, but so that you've got an incredible you know, storehouse uh, to be able to move through whatever life throws at you. 
And, you know, so I see this as like, I, I'm wondering, is there, have you looked at NED or seen any sort of interactions with how these two can kind of coordinate effort? And then, and then also love to sort of just differentiate between a binder and how long this actually stays in the body. Like, is this, like, is it more just cleaning up the electrons or is it binding up toxic metals as well? And I, I know that you differentiated between external versus internal, but I'd love to see if is there an orientation or, or some sort of proximity with how it works with NAD. And then um, like, how long does it stay in the body? And is it actually binding uh, metals and things like that too? Yeah. So um, first, I, I, I love Dr. David Sinclair's book, Lifespan, just a phenomenal book. Listen to it twice, bought it. I read it. Um, and I think he's kind of pushing the envelope in terms of us understanding what it, what it is to live longer. In fact, I often tell the story of the rat study where the rats live 90% longer and people come back to me like, well, why would I want to live longer? And it's kind of a bizarre question for me. I've always, I don't know when I got the number or where I got the number, um, but I always anticipated to live until 125. And, and if I'm honest, 125 probably wasn't going to look very good, right? But I was going to get to 125. And if you pose the question a different way, so like, hey, if you have the same mental capacity that you have today and you have the same physical capacity that you have today, would you then be interested in living longer? And, and for most people, that, that, that's the dynamic. And that's what really David Sinclair's uh, pushing forward. So I take NMN, uh, I take metformin. I'm not kind of regular with metformin. I don't have diabetes or anything. I just take it because it's recommended um, in, in, in that book. Um, so, so that's pretty important. Uh, I'm not aware of any studies of the interactions between NADs, NMN, whatever kind of NAD, pre, NAD precursor uh, and, and the ESS60 molecule. And, I, and there's, there are interesting things that do need to be studied there, right? Because if, if you've got this extension of life, right, that happened in these Wistar rats, and you've got what, what it would be very weird, right? If, if this molecule extends the life of these rats and then we consume it and potentially extend our life, but don't have any health benefits, like it, that would just be incredibly counterintuitive, right? So the fact that people were coming back, you, you put that study with the fact that people are coming back with amazing testimonials, um, really does, it does ultimately make sense. You've got to approach it with a, and no one's more questioning than I am. I, I can tell you for basically all of 2018, I'm answering the phone and people are telling me amazing testimonials. And I'm like, hello, you on the other end of the phone. I believe you. Like I believe you as one human telling another human. I just, as a scientist, I don't know what to do with this information. Uh, it turns out that anecdotal results are really important. That's where hypotheses come from. That's the actual foundation or the starting point of a, of a scientific uh, of the scientific process. It's like, I've got to have a hypothesis, but it's always born out of, uh, out of anecdotal story. Like in the case of penicillin, anecdotally, um, in the presence of the fungus, there were, there was no bacterial growth. Like that's an, that's an anecdotal observation that, that bore out. Um, so, so I, I think that, um, uh, we've got a lot more work to do in that space. Um, and in terms of how long it stays in your body, there's a, there's a couple of things. So one of them in general, we say it's about two weeks, but we also have to be aware of, of a really big caveat. In that original study, they didn't give any of the rats any dosing until month 10. And that's about a third of the way through a Westar rat's life, right? So all the water group was dead by month 32. Um, so they only started the dosing at month 10. And then they stopped the dosing. They actually started, uh, kind of peaked it on a daily basis and then went weekly and stopped at month 17. And even though they stopped dosing the rats with ESS-60 and olive oil at month 17, they lived out to month 62, right? So- I mean, it's literally seven months. That's, right? No, 62. Yeah, uh, yeah no, it's set, you're right. Seven they dosed for only seven months, right? It's crazy. Yeah, no, and, and you know we're actually uh, about three steps out of five. The next step after the fifth step will be to recreate that study, right? So we're you know chunking cash away. It's not an it's an it's not an inexpensive study, um, and we're kind of we're going to make one change, which will be to not end the dosing, 
right? To right. keep dosing the rats to see what would have, what, what could have happened with them. Um, I think there's a couple important pieces like people are like, oh, is it too late for me? Well, no, they didn't dose them until a third of the way through their life. And, you know, we're getting some of our stronger testimonials are, you know, with people who have um, more challenge, we'll just call it more challenges, and they're able to see the black and white difference. I think even in your sleep podcast, you pointed out people, one extra hour of sleep or one hour less of sleep that happens and can happen regularly. And, you know, people have a hard time assessing their sleep. If all we're doing is improving their sleep, then we are helping their mental, physical, and emotional well-being because sleep does that. Um, but it can still be pretty subtle, right? Like you, you may not wake up and go, wow, this is the most refreshed. I mean, some people have, but you may not say that because you got just one extra hour of sleep or it was a little deeper. Um, and so it's one of, one of the, the, the things that we get feedback, we get people asking like, how quickly should I notice something? And we've got one testimonial of a lady and I'm bouncing all over. If you need to pull me back on track, no, that's good. <laughs> please do. <laughs> Cause I might, I might, cause you're, I might you're answering say, all the questions I had. There's just the one more in the binder, but yeah, we'll get there. <laughs> so, um, one of my, so one of the testimonies we have is a, is a lady sent in a video testimonial and she's like, Hey, I took it today and I only drank half of my coffee. Right. And if you're a coffee drinker and it's worth pointing out that you only drank half of your coffee, then you're a serious coffee. Like you need the coffee and understand that you didn't finish it. So that's same day. Um, another one that I think is really interesting is, uh, she, her name's Gwen. She's actually our biggest distributor now here in Houston. And she originally bought the product for her dog. She had no intent of taking the product. She was like, oh, we'll give this to my dog, see what happens. And, and her Shih Tzu had such a dramatic difference that she decided that she wanted to take it herself. And I did a video interview with her probably at the six month mark or something. And she said, she said that if, if you had asked her at the three month mark, had she noticed anything, her first response would be like, well, no, I haven't really noticed anything. But then she slowed down and started kind of assessing what was going on in her life. She's like, I'm, I'm waking up earlier. I was never a morning person. Uh, I'm getting an extra of hour of work in. And then I, I kind of jokingly say, this is the worst testimonial for a, a supplement ever. Uh, she said, I cleaned my garage, right? Now, it's the worst testimonial ever for a supplement, but it also means something, right? Like, is it the oh. energy? Is it is the fact that your lazy butt is taking two naps before noon and that's why you're not, you're not getting your garage cleaned? Um, or is it just not wanting to face that emotional challenge because there's a lot to clean out in a garage or whatever it is, it is a, a big difference to go, to, to go get that clean. And so I think that talks about you know, about how quickly people, th this reaction happens. One thing that I, I was going to mention, you know, you asked about, is it topical? And, and, and I just wanted to share, you know, my hesitation to get into the supplement industry was, was pretty profound. Uh, you can probably imagine how interested I was getting into the face serum business. That was, that was not, uh, that was not on my radar. Uh, really how that happened is we were getting good skin and hair testimonials. And you kind of alluded to that just from people consuming the product on a regular basis. And you're, you're talking about oxidative stress. Uh, another way, a way that I like to put it is hair is optional, right? Hair is aesthetic. Yeah. And if you're having physical challenges, um, your body's like, like, screw the hair. Like we're going to focus on whatever we need to focus on. And when it starts to come back and when it, um, you know, one of our testimonials was that it grew back in a place that it had and grown in a long time and it was coming back its original color like when that starts happening it's because uh, ostensibly because like the body is in a better position and it's like hey we can go back to that aesthetic thing that we you know we don't really need um so that was happening just with people consuming it and then one of our business partners uh when she would take a bottle right and and you might pour it into a a measuring cup um I don't know. You guys just put the audio out here. So I'm doing all sorts of display. I'm, I'm mimicking pouring a bottle into a cup. <laughs> um, you'll get a little bit of residual on the edge of the bottle. And she would take that and wipe it, wipe it on her face. And she was like, not only am I noticing things, but other people are noticing things. So we need to do a face serum. And, you know, again, I wasn't that interested or I was not interested, uh, but, you know, support the business partner. And it's not a bad idea. Um, the feedback on the face serum is just 
been phenomenal. My life, my wife absolutely loves it. And she says she puts it like under her makeup and on top of her makeup. Um, it's, it's very surprising for me. <laughs> amazing. And then I just had that one other question just regarding like, is it binding heavy metals? Like when you think of some of these carbon-based molecules, some of them act as binders, is that the wrong way to understand this product or does I it think- impact? I, I think that's reasonable. Um, there, I'm not aware of anything in the literature that's saying, "Hey, this is working as a you know a, a heavy metal detox." Um, a, a lot of people in kind of the Facebook communities, these biohackers, will talk about, "Oh, I think it's detoxing." I don't, I don't know how you think that's happening, right? Like, I don't know what the signs are to you that that is happening. Um, and I'm, I'm actually not that familiar with like what you would do. I know I, I watched a video with Dave Asprey recently, uh, recently, you know, Bulletproof Coffee, and. Um, and he was talking about, you know, detoxing, detoxing potentially from mercury feelings and then from, I think, mercury that you can get from, uh, you know, fish when you're eating yeah, kind of yeah. wild caught ocean fish, the, at least the predatory fish, right? Like tuna and um, I can't remember what the other big one is, but, uh, but yeah, he talks about that. I'm not aware of it. And, and frankly, our testimonials are so solid. Again, it could rest solely on you're getting better sleep, right? And then there's an improvement into your mental, physical, and emotional well-being. Um, but if we understand it's in the mitochondria, that it's participating in that process of making ATP, um, and if you were to throw on you know, detoxing, I frankly just wouldn't be surprised because of all the, all the positive testimonials. And, and, and I want to jump into one more, which I think is um, interesting and also uh, really geeky. So I get to kind of show off my geekiness. I, I have a spreadsheet back to 2014 uh, mapping my migraines, right? I don't know if you guys have ever had migraines, but migraines are just absolutely horrible, miserable experiences. And I was trying to figure out like what was going on. How was I getting a migraine? Maybe it was an intense workout. Maybe it was drinking too much, right? Maybe whatever it was, I was just trying to figure that out. So from 2014 to 2017, four or five migraines a year. Started taking this on a regular basis in 2018. Didn't get a single migraine in 2018. You couple that with my wife, my wife, and I always remember the number nine because she had a medication. Uh, they would only give her nine per month and any migraine after nine, she just had to suffer through. Uh, and she did suffer past nine. Uh, it did actually, you know how spouses are. Sometimes it takes you a while to convince them to try something that seems to be good uh, and is cutting edge. Uh, but I finally got her to try it. And, and she's down to like one migraine a month, one migraine every other month. Um, oh. So there, again, there is something going on. I, I share that story a lot because it's very binary, four or five prior uh, and I have, like, I'm totally forthcoming. I didn't get any in 2018, but 19, 21, I've had about four total. So maybe one a year, one every other year since. Hmm. That's amazing. David, go ahead. Oh, it sounds phenomenal, man. But I, I have uh, one other question on, so I'm, I'm looking at your website, brother, and it looks like you have quite a bit of delivery systems all the way from capsules to uh, olive oil, and then you've got it in coconut oil and avocado oil. So my question is, I mean, is this stuff like people can cook with, like to use these as oils to cook with, and then we're getting, we're going to get that ESS C60 in there. I mean, do you see people that are just utilizing it like that or just like on the spoon going down the hatch kind of thing? Every day? <laughs> well, since you mentioned website, let's first make sure everybody goes to the right place. Myvitalc.com forward slash Dr. Dads. We made a URL for you guys and that's awesome. DR Dads. Um, so they, they can go there and I'll talk about like the best way to, to take advantage of uh, of what we're offering when they go there. Um, so yes, you can cook with it. It's it it is an it is a fairly expensive oil. So I I wouldn't cook with it. Um, and and I'll share with you my routine. So every morning I do a bulletproof coffee, but I do it with RMCT. And it turns out that when you put this soccer ball shaped black powder uh, into MCT, which is a pretty clear liquid, it turns a beautiful purple color. So I put this purple MCT oil into my coffee with the ghee. And while that's blending, I actually take about a teaspoon and a half of our olive oil product. Then when it comes time for lunch, I almost always have a salad. And I actually started incorporating, I usually would take about, uh, what is that? The count ends up to about three and a half tablespoons of our 
of our avocado product, mix it with some balsamic vinegar, um, put that on my salad. But now I've been substituting some of the MCT because I'm reading Dr. Gundry's book, um, the keto code. And he's just, you know, raving about the, the, the getting how MCT kind of increases ketones in the body and the benefit of that and, and, and mitochondrial decoupling. So I'm kind of making a shift there. But that's, that's my typical routine. If somebody's interested, like, what is the one product I would take? We recommend the olive oil for really two reasons. The first is we're a scientific organization and all of the actual research is in this ESS60 molecule in olive oil, right? Um, the other is because you get a higher concentration of the molecule in olive oil. You can get about 0.8 milligrams per milliliter. And this is the saturation point, about 0.8 milligrams per milliliter in olive oil about 0.6 in avocado oil and about 0.3 in MCT. So MCT does have, you know, less than half. Uh, so that's why we recommend the olive oil. And you're, you're right. We have some, we have a unique, we actually won a, a marketing association award for this packaging. It's a little uh, plastic amp ampule. It's PBA free, of course. And it's exactly five mils or one teaspoon. So you've got your serving uh, to go. It's great for taking on planes. Uh, awesome. We've got the capsules. Uh, you have to take about six of them a day, right? So a teaspoon uh, a day is quite a lot of capsules, but but that works. Some people, uh, and, and we can talk talk about the only complaints we get. What, what people do complain about is a high quality olive oil, extra virgin olive oil will actually leave a peppery flavor at the back of your throat we use a high quality olive oil. So it leaves a peppery flavor at the back of your throat. And some people aren't used to that. So they'll, they'll have that as a complaint. Um, and then the other is when you, when you're incorporating a teaspoon of oil, if you weren't doing it before that can run, literally run right through you. Um, and so it can take a little while. I think that's what people are talking about in terms of a detox effect. Um, I think it's just your body getting used to, to the oil. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, so those are the three oils. Um, and, and we actually have, we've come up with different packaging. I don't know if you can see that on there. One of the testimonials is that it's good with hangovers. Um, and I can, uh, maybe embarrassingly say that I've done some testing and it in fact does help with hangovers. Um, and also, uh, with, with jet lag. So my wife and I were about two months ago, we're in Dubai and we just didn't, we didn't skip a beat. Uh, I was there for an affiliate conference and we just didn't skip a beat. And, you know, that's a, that's a, that's a pretty big, uh, uh, time zone shift. Mm -hmm. No kidding. Well, Chris, I mean, there's just, there's so much information on that you shared today. We're so grateful to you uh, for spending time and educating us and learning more about this product. And I'm, I'm sure people are going to want to get their hands on it. So in the show notes, we'll definitely put the link on there with, um, uh, for people to access any, any last sort of like statements or anything else that you feel like you didn't get to share with the audience that that's important. Well, I will share. I'm, I'm happy to send you guys some, right. Um, awesome. and if you're interested, we can schedule maybe something out 45 days out. And when yeah, we yeah. kind of reconvene, you can say, Hey, I didn't really notice anything or jokingly, you could say, Hey, I, I live twice as long since the last <laughs> podcast. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, so I'm happy to do that. And, and we can talk about that off, uh, off air. Awesome. Um, and again, the link is myvitalc.com forward slash DR dads, Dr. Dads, uh, go there. You can buy an individual product. And you can try that again. I would recommend the olive oil first. Just know that if you go on subscription, you can save 25%. It's a significant savings. Uh, you can cancel it at any time. We have actually 500 five-star Google reviews. Our team is not trained to talk you out of your subscription. So just take advantage of that discount. Um, and then we do have a coupon code. Uh, it's Dr. Dads also, DR Dads. And it's, uh, and it's $15 off of the initial order. Amazing. Thank you for that, man. Yeah. Look forward yeah. to being uh 90% improvement lifespan since we next or when we next speak. <laughs> yes. Or hundred percent, because I'll still be here <laughs> 45 days from now. That's amazing. Thank you so much, Chris. Um, thank you. Thank you, yeah. Nick and David, for having me. Yeah. yeah and, awesome. thank, and thanks for being a trailblazer in this field, man. I mean, yeah. we need more people really pushing the limits with stuff like this to see what, what, what is capable with some of these things that we're discovering. And you're definitely, you're definitely pushing it, man. So we appreciate you for that. And, and I'm really proud that we are actually doing research. I think it's something, it's one of the reasons that we, uh, 
um, you know, when we're looking at the supplement industry, there's just so many people in the industry who aren't actually doing research. And, and we didn't give like, may, well, this, we can talk about this maybe in 45 days after you've lived twice as long, right? Um, uh, I, I'm, I'm working on an aura ring study. I actually have some nice. data from, uh, from a survey, sleep survey study. So we could actually talk about that. Uh, of course, nice. it's all good. Uh, that's our most consistent testimonial. So there's, there's more to talk about, but I am very proud of actually doing research and actually driving kind of the intelligence behind, you know, what is going on with this, you know, uh, one, one person called it the perfect carbon molecule. And I, and I think that's a, it's a, it's a great way to put it. Oh, sounds awesome. Well, Dave and I both have our aura rings so we can, uh, we'll join in and add some data to that, that conversation. Very sure. cool. That'll be awesome. Yeah. All right, guys. Thank you so Chris, much. Thank you, man. Appreciate you, man. Take. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed today's podcast, please be sure to subscribe to the Dr. Dads and share with your family and friends. You can also follow and interact with Dr. Nick and Dr. David on Facebook and Instagram for a daily dose of inspiration and the latest in health and wellness. Be well.